Rusty Quill presents. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone. I'm Pippin, the creator of Spirit Box Radio. Welcome to this little Q&A episode. Before I crack on, I just want to say that the first episode of Season 2, Part 2, will be airing on the 12th of May, which is a week earlier than initially thought. The stars have aligned right. Hooray! The mid-season premiere, episode 20, which is called Bedside, will be available on Thursday next week at the usual time of 3pm UK time and will be available for supporters on Patreon on Wednesday at the same time. Alright then, let's do some questions. The first question is from Cal. Hey Cal. Cal wants to know, Bestie Pippin, I need to know how long you, as the writer, knew that Sam could talk to and understand the cats. Has Sam been able to understand them since the beginning and just didn't realise? Well, <laughs> okay, so it grows and develops as the show goes on. It's, yeah, it's one of those things, a little bit of fuckery, you know? Um, but there we are. It started out from a sort of like, well, I talk to my cats and act like they're talking back, don't I? So what if Sam does that, but then he kind of does know what they're saying? And it really is a conversation, but it's all like, meow, yes, excellent point. The next question is another cow question. Are there any references that you've made in Spirit Box Radio that the listeners haven't picked up on? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, part one of season two was certainly lighter on the references, but it's there to make space for a big one in part two. I felt like I felt 
like it's got like I felt like it's got it even out oh wait no there was a big one um that episode where Sam is answering a bunch of letters and like avoiding talking about Revel's um position I don't know why I'm being coy like if you're listening to the Q&A and you're not caught up I'm sorry um but yeah like when Sam is avoiding Revel being a major arcana by trying to make the show what it was in season one almost you know there's this letter the first one and it's just a plot of Notting Hill you know the rom-com movie but with magic in it and that's why I do the worst bloody what's his face oh no what's his name floppy British hair man oh god Harold not Harold why am I thinking Harold Hugh Grant Hugh Harold posh English man name same difference anyway yeah that one I thought was really obvious, but nobody picked up on it. <laughs> the terrible impression clearly threw a lot of people. <laughs> um, I can't think of any more off the top of my head. Honestly, I throw so many references into this thing. <laughs> oh boy. Um, great question. Thank you. Okay, next. This one is from Tal. Hey Tal, how's your day going? <laughs> this isn't just for me, but I'm the only one here right now. I'll pass it on to the others too. Um... What is your favourite episode slash scene of season two, part one? Why? What's my fave? <clears throat> I don't know. I enjoyed killing Kitty, but only after it was done. Um, I was very nervous about doing it. I'd played with the idea of maybe leaving her dead for the whole mid-season break, but she'd have been so dead by then. You know, uh, that's enough time for a body to start to stink the place up. She'd have had to have been got rid of. It wouldn't have been ideal. Uh, I liked that part a lot. <laughs> I really enjoyed the very early scene with Sam and Oliver where Ollie shows up and Sam has to send him to wait outside whilst he finishes the episode. And there's the, I can hear you bit. That's cute. I like that scene a bunch. Uh, sound design wise, I am probably most pleased with the super trippy bit with the horse and the voice that's like, take him on the wind. Um, that part was built up primarily from a sound design perspective and that and the big chanting bit at the end of the mid-season finale they're both scenes which really grew out of ideas about what they'd sound like and I'm really pleased with how both of those parts turned out okay the next question is from Star and they want to know if Oliver and Sam will stay together uh, they also say they love the show and we're all doing amazing work well <laughs> thanks Star I'm so glad you like the show um, this is a complicated question, so I will say that Oliver and Sam are endgame, and I'll avoid going into further details. <laughs> Our next question is from Avi, uh, or Avi. He's asking about Rytidia. Avi says, um, is Rytidia Jewish? She says, oi, which is a Yiddish expression of exacerbation, as well as a way one can hint that they're part of the ethno-religion. Also, her listening to the mud easily reminds me of golems as they're made of clay. I've never seen such much representation of Jewish mysticism, so this would be really exciting representation. Thanks. I write Rytidia and the whole show. Um, this is super interesting as a question. So it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I realised that oi was a Jewish thing. My family is mostly Jewish on one side, non-practising for a few generations back. And that whole side of my family says oi, just as a natural part of speech. Um, there are very few Jewish things left in our branch of the family. So 
it was really cool to learn that oi was a sneaky bit of heritage that's just kind of snuck in there. It's not something I deliberately included in Rytidia, except that in my mind it's a thing that my relatives say, and as Rytidia is an unofficial member of the Enfield family, I think it just kind of naturally slipped in. But yeah, that's really cool, um, and not something I've done consciously, but it's interesting that I have done it. <laughs> the next question is anonymous. This person asks... Oh, sorry, cat... <laughs> Hi Pippin, you say so many lovely things about your cast and lavish so many, so much well-deserved praise on them and it's so sweet, but what about you? Now that you're at the halfway point of Spirit Box Radio, what are you proud of? Could be acting, writing, etc. Lavish some praise on yourself because you also deserve it. Smiley face. <laughs> Thank you Anon, that's very sweet of you to say. Um, I'm not very good at talking about the things I make, which is inconvenient when you make things for a living. It's one of the reasons I publish under Hanging Source Studios rather than just my name, actually. I thought it would give me a bit of distance and make it easier to talk about the things I make. It didn't really make it any easier, and now a disproportionate amount of people seem to think there's a large team who work on the show. You know, three people have sent me their CV asking if they could work for Hanging Source Studios. It's not wild. <laughs> I think it gives the impression that there's more than one person working behind the scenes, but no, it's just me. Little old me. The cast are incredible, and of course, they help out with stuff like live chats on the Discord, and when we did the fundraiser for season two, a couple of them were really helpful in getting that off the ground, plus a couple of folks made TikToks, which really brought in a lot of listeners in the beginning, but everything else, it's just me, which is a bit bonkers really, isn't it? That was a lot of words answering the question, wasn't it? (laughs) I'm proud of how far I've come as a sound designer. I barely knew what soundscaping was when I started, and now I think I'm actually getting okay at it. It feels a lot easier to do things which were challenging in the beginning, and now I find myself thinking in a very sound design-oriented way when I write the show, which wasn't the case in the beginning. I think just recently I've gotten stronger as a writer too, like the stuff for part two of this season is some of the best writing I've ever done for anything, and it's nice to look over stuff, especially now I've got pretty much all of the cast's recordings for that next chunk of episodes. I keep thinking, you know, wow, this is actually pretty good, which is nice because I've been having a real confidence wobble for months, really. Uh, Part one was very difficult to write. I'm not sure why, really, but I was worried about it. Uh, I also think I'm a better actor now because I find myself listening back to episodes and thinking, you know, that was actually pretty good, more than I used to. Uh, Yeah, I'm incredibly proud of the whole thing as a project, though. Like, Spirit Box Radio is now like a day of content long, which is just massive and it has officially tipped the scale as the longest project I've ever written. And I won an award, uh, Best Fiction Podcast 2021 at the People's Podcast, uh, at the People's Choice Podcast Awards, which is wild. Um, and lots of lovely people listen to the show, and which just that in itself is something to be proud of, I think. I think for me, what has always been super important is that people listen to the show and come away feeling something about it. Like they come away and have thoughts and engage with the story and that's really important. I see that happening online a bit now, and it's just, it's wonderful. Uh, That's why I make stuff. I'm a storyteller, most of all, and that's what I love doing. And I'm so proud that people hear the show and think it's something worth discussing afterwards. So, yeah. Alrighty, folks, uh, that's all we have time for today. I hope you enjoyed this Q&A, and I hope you enjoy next week's episode of the show. I'm really excited for you all to hear it. For now, though... Thanks for listening. Stay spooky. (laughs) 